music. This is the Christology Podcast. Laura, awesome. I got a dad joke lined up. We found actual recordings of the music the wise men were listening to. She just closed her eyes and bowed her head. As they came from the east. Oh, doesn't it sound like it? It's got the good cadence of a camel walking. Yeah, I see it. I feel it. <laughs> I'm pretty proud of this new music. It's great. We, it's very relaxing and just ready to roll. Most of it I jacked from sources online, but there is me on the bass way back there in the background. I love it. Yeah, it's great. Huh? Can you feel the camel one more time? <laughs> I've been waiting for this for two weeks. <laughs> Welcome to the Christology Podcast. Dave Nielsen, Laura Miller Nielsen, we are so happy to be here. And we're recording on Christmas Eve. This will, of course, be released like every podcast Tuesday, which is the day after Christmas. So Merry Post-Christmas. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, let's keep the spirit going. So this podcast, which is the second to last, our last one will be next week, next Tuesday, January 2nd. We, Laura and I had planned to talk about on going to church or not in modern-day America, and that's a huge topic, as we found out and discussed for hours this this last week, since we had time, which is awesome. So we had all this planned, and we had bullet points, and we scrubbed it and redid it, and then this morning, we got up at five, we were asked to, Laura was asked to just speak to the children at Paradise Church of God in Bowtown, Sierra Leone. She was nervous, like I was when I was asked by Minister Ty Phillips to take part in that. But she said yes, and? And it was wonderful um, to see these children who don't have very much or have nothing, and they're so happy to be singing and performing a Christmas concert and listening intently to a story about Jesus it was just a wonderful morning. I loved it. Yeah. You know, it's and there's so many cliches that come here, like when you see this, you're grateful. But it's almost more than that. It's like, um, oh, gosh. It's not, um, man, it's not like they have so little and we have so much, therefore we're grateful. It's not any type of formula. It's more about being involved and... Um, you know, we've been talking with them for, or conducting Bible studies with this church in Sierra Leone for a year. It's been a really tough year for us. It kept me going. It was the one thing that God was, you know, that I, in prayer and meditation, knew that not to let go of. The podcast had to stop for a while. But the study in Sierra Leone was just, you get done and you're walking on air because you have answered the call of God, I believe that's what it is. What do you think, Laura? Yeah, that's um, totally it. I I wasn't involved very much. I've attended a few of the worship services, and every time it is um, just so uplifting. Your heart is just filled with love and compassion and wanting to do more. Yeah, and so it ties in a, pretty well with what we're, you know, our original uh, – subject for this podcast, which was, you know, going to church or not. And so I'm just going to 
kind of say um, <laughs> the concluding statement of that, uh, and then we'll we'll touch on it either next week or when we restart up for the next season in late January. But I just want to put that out because it it's uh, it's important. Going to church like baptism or communion or any of the sacraments is a natural outflowing of having encountered Jesus, the historical Jesus, the risen Jesus, Jesus at the cross, ascended in the Word of God, um, encountering Jesus in all these ways as His Holy Spirit moving amongst us. We come to believe and to know, um, like in John chapter 6, verse 69, where uh, Peter says, we have come to believe and to know the movement of faith right there. Uh, and that's right after Jesus' teaching about the body and the blood, the sacrament of the Holy Communion. Um, from all that, from encountering Jesus, um, flows outflows the going to church. It's So I did not like church as a kid, even when we went, which was rare, because I just, it didn't make sense. Nothing made sense. It was the occasional Easter or Christmas. It was a Methodist church in Michigan. And, you know, at the same time, I was hungering for the, the Word of God, and just there was no Bible action. Laura, you were Catholic. Yeah, I had the, the same um, upbringing. I was raised Catholic, but we we were the back row family who would... Um, usually go to church on Sundays, but um, we didn't read the Bible. We had the the big old, huge, leather-bound, dusty King James that was, you know, open to a page, but it was never turned. It was never read, and I think that is what made everything so intimidating. It was like this precious jewel that could not be touched. Instead of using it and embracing it. I had no idea that there was love in the Bible, and what a a shame that is. Um, you know, I was forty five when I finally figured that out. Um, but growing up in that church, um, our our pastor, the father, was so unapproachable. Um, I would never ever. Probably even as an adult, I wouldn't consider going up to him and asking him a question or asking for help or asking him to pray for me. I don't think hmm. I know I would have never I never did. And um, that's what I found to push me away from church and Jesus was the fact that it was so untouchable and so pristine. I know other Catholics didn't have the same experience, but that was Midwestern small town. 300 yeah. people to church. And then come, you know, just as far on the other end of the spectrum where you have kind of what we're dealing with at our church, which is where the pastors are a little too accessible. They are. They're overworked. They're asked to do this and this and this, and everything's added on, and um, it gets to be too much. There needs to be kind of a distance, and that's where tradition comes in. So we're not here to say... You know, this is the way it should be. But, but what I think what we find, what I find every time in looking into something theologically is that the process of that gets me closer to Jesus. And that's why we're here. The Christology podcast is Who is Jesus? It's not a simple question to answer. Right. And I, I don't think that you're going to enjoy church or get any, get, 
as much as you can out of it if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Now, that probably seems obvious to everybody else, but I had no idea that that was possible or what it meant, or um, I just didn't know what to do with that information. And then um, I met people who helped me through that, and I learned that there was love in the Bible, and that changed my life, like knowing how loved I was. And um, that's what we kept on saying to the children this morning in Sierra Leone, how loved they are, and that um, ask for blessings for them. And we stumbled a couple times, each of us, and it's it's normal. We, mm-hmm. you know, I stumbled in the prayer at the end because I was, who I was praying for as I always do these kids, families, and then I I remembered many of them are orphans, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god! So you know, I just stay in the spirit, keep my eyes closed, you know, and just go be where I'm at, Lord. And if they don't have families, please provide someone, somehow, some way, because you can do this, Lord. Yeah. I I stumbled, too. I was um, showing them the lesson that we do at our preschool that has um, these little peg people, and then we read out of a children's um, storybook, and the kids get to kind of play along with these these little figures. And at the end, there's a picture of a family exchanging gifts. And I said, this is why I like this book, because it explains why we give gifts. And then I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, who's getting gifts? Maybe they are. I don't know. But um, and then I mentioned Santa and I'm like, I don't I don't know either. So um, just trying to make that connection between the Christmas story, um, you know, the reason for the season versus um, the commercial side of it, and um, you really have to know your audience. So I hope we're doing that here. <laughs> and you get to know it by jumping right in. And, you know, it was a class, clash of cultures. They are singing Feliz Navidad. <laughs> it, was so cool. it was beautiful. It See? was so sweet. Yeah. A church in Africa singing the Mexican Merry Christmas song. It was cool. Yeah. I loved it. We got done, and Laura put Feliz Navidad on very loud at our house at 6 in the morning. It was awesome. Got a little party going. Dogs were all jacked up. It was cool. But this is like, so this is why, what I didn't know about going to church, okay? Church is an outflow of me knowing Jesus. Me knowing Jesus took what it took. It took decades of war and pain and struggle and homelessness and addiction and divorce and crying kids going through multiple divorces and suicide and my brother lost his life just took his own life i was right there at the doorstep i mean it just crushing defeat to cry out to surrender to the lord and then i started to know jesus and laura you know eight or nine years ago but you're you and jesus on the porch swing just stuck in my mind. I bring it up a lot. It's just the coolest thing. Um, it's peaceful. Phew, yeah. And I think that um, we don't look for that enough. We don't um, search for peace and joy. And it's so easy when you know Jesus. It's, it but, is because you're letting go. But when you don't, or if you... See, for me, it was I thought everybody was fake. I thought they were just faking it and and probably many are but 
that prevented me. So here's something I learned from N.T. Wright. Don't let the abuse take away from the proper use. Mm-hmm. I saw what I thought was just fakeness of no Jesus, no peace and all this. And, you know, until it happened for me. So that, but that's why I got into theology because I wanted to know, you know, literally dissecting and analyzing the literature that is, that makes up the Bible, the different forms of literature. And if it made sense, and not only did it make sense, I was struck by the Spirit at two in the morning seven years ago, and I woke Laura up and said, hey, Jesus is all man and all God. <laughs> She's like, I know, we know that, we've heard that. I'm like, I know, but it's real. <laughs> For me, that's the journey I had to take, but mm. there is peace. Well, there is. Church can be very intimidating, um, especially if you haven't gone. And I've said that to friends of mine, and they're like, what are you talking about? It's not intimidating. And... um I had tried going back to church while I was in the army, and they have many different um, programs. They have, you know, Catholic or Lutheran. They also have non-denominational. And I found that when I went to the formal services, it was such a fashion show. Hmm. I did not. It wasn't lazy. I just didn't want to compete with other people to look appropriate or right or best dressed or whatever. And it wasn't just one or two. It was like the, it seemed to me that everybody was about getting dressed up more than anything else. And then, you know, having the fellowship afterward that they talked about football or everything else. It wasn't. And I think we encountered this at a a church recently that there was more talk about the golf and the football and the, events rather than what we just learned in the sermon. So um, so church didn't work for me in the army because of the people. It wasn't welcoming. And I think that that's what we need to do when we are going to church. When we see that person come in or that family come in that's all alone, let's not force them to shake hands during the middle of the service. I hate that. Yeah. Let's go and talk to them either when they first come in and welcome them or as they're leaving and say, I hope you come back. Because we know that Jesus loves us and we know he wants us there, but the people surrounding us can sometimes put a damper on that. And the word says to worship in spirit and in truth. There's a lot to that. I don't. Sometimes I feel like I don't even know what that means, you know. But I can definitely latch on to truth, and truth means I'm going to be where I'm at. I don't want to be fake. So I think what you were experiencing was a check to the spirit of this is not a fashion show, Laura. You're right. Yeah. And then, you know, I don't know, 10 years later, I had a friend who invited me to her church, and I was feeling drawn. So I said, okay, let's give this a go again. But it was a mega church. It was the one that had the drums and the steam and the loud music. And I was like, whoa, I had never seen anything like that before. I was in shock. But I cried during the music, not during the sermon, but during the music. And it, I think it's because I wanted it so badly, but at the same time, not like that. It wasn't right for me. And um, so I tried again. I went to a different friend's make a church, and I didn't get a message except for how to save money or invest money. And I don't think that's 
all of them again. I just had two very different experiences. So um, I think that if you're uncomfortable, maybe try again or try a different service or try a different church. Just I encourage you to keep trying because I think we do. We do need church. We do need that um, fellowship and that um, group of people. Yeah, unity. And it has become that for me in time at this church. For the first time in my life, I'm 53. And, you know, I want to talk about the vision I had last year when when um, President Biden handled the end of Afghanistan like he did. It was brutal for me. I was sick. Um, so I went into our church and, and prayed a lot um, and kind of got through that those two weeks. But I... Uh, I had a vision, and I have these often, and I've learned how to to know when they're from God and, and if they're just not. <laughs> but this one, I prayed, I was praying, um, you know, kind of done, getting done. And I said, God, what do you want me to do with my life now? I was done coaching for a while, football, and I got right in my mind, feed my sheep. Okay, circled around, you know, school's on hold, family's good. God, for real, what would you like me to do? Feed my sheep came right back to me again. So I got I got real like we're saying all the time here, and I just kind of, you know, I'm on my knees praying up at the altar alone in the church. I opened my eyes, I looked up, I put my hands down, and I just said, Father God, I know you're real, I know you're up there. I'm being as real as I can. I really want to hear from you, please, Lord. And I think I closed my eyes again. What can I do for you? What is my work? And he put a vision of a loaf of bread so close in front of me in my face and my vision that I pulled back like it was going to hit me. And I started laughing because I knew right then that he, what he was saying. And I just laughed and I said, okay. Um, it was just so cool. That all comes, though, Lord. The hope never went away. Faith and love spring from hope. It says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 5, they spring from hope, which is put in there as a, you know, from the get-go in us. So I think we always had that hope. I think so, too. I think I was very successful in my career. I um, was happy, I thought. And, but yet I was still miserable. And I I know now that that was because I didn't have a relationship with the Lord, and um, I couldn't get right. I couldn't get um, even. I don't think that's the right word, but uh, I needed that, and God, of course, knew I needed that. And just I think I was too stubborn to keep trying, and that what a shame I wasted so many years. So now I'm so thrilled that our children are getting this early in their lives that perhaps, you know, their lives will be easy (laughs) and better knowing the Lord, Um, as long as they stay on that track. Of course, we know we come and go, but um, planting a firm foundation is really, really important. Yeah, and so lessons learned, I think, or, you know, what would have been an application if we had not (laughs) talked about Sierra Leone, which answers the question, but the the application questions were: Can you make a list of, you know, 
what is wrong with church going? Why don't you like it? How would you fix it? So, you know, we always just want to have a so what or an application along with us. So maybe think about, um, you know, the problems and solutions. And it's not about blaming or even fixing. I think, well, I know, I'll say I know. I know that I don't know, but I know who knows. Mm. It's not what I know, it's who I know. I know Jesus. I know his church has always been on the brink of collapse, but it has not collapsed since Mm -hmm. it started. Um, He told Peter, you are Peter on this rock, I will build my church, and he has, and it will not fail. I'd like to add to that question, that application is, why are you going? Like, really search Mm. your heart. Um, Is it because your neighbor's car leaves on Sunday morning and yours doesn't? Is it because your friends are going? Is it um, because you're old and I better hurry up and get salvation? Um, Or it's the right thing to do? And hopefully it's none of those. Hopefully it's just that you have a calling. And if it's one of those, then, you know, get into it. Yeah, exactly. Don't waste your... It's never wasting your time, but like we're so time focused as a culture that yeah, if it's one of those be where you're at, Paul says in first Corinthians, mm-hmm. if you feel like you're secure, be careful that you don't fall, yeah, oh, that's great. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. God works it in, we work it out, um so just be where you're at be sometimes it's like what why a podcast us that's not us, but <laughs> God lets you know, you know, how he does that. Yep. Do it. Keep going. Sierra Leone. What? Never in a million years. (laughs) Right. But here we are. So, and it's not like, you know, we're patting ourselves on the back. We are, um, but we're joyful and it's going to come out. We're, we're boasting in the Lord. Yeah. For real. All for the glory of God. Yeah. So Lord, we wanted to, um, I think maybe next week is going to be our last one. I keep saying we want to get to know you more. So next week, we're going to talk more about your, um, you, your military career. We worked together in the last nine or ten years at the unit is where we met. Laura was uh, the first vet tech there, and, she, you know, she was um, – well, I'll save it for next week. But there, there was some really cool stuff to her story that we want to talk about, bring out. Um, so next week's going to January 2nd will be our last one of the season, but we're going to start right back up in later January again with Jeff Teague's author of where have all the heroes gone? Just an absolute amazing book. I just gave it to my best friend, Antoine Murchison, who is going to start coaching again. I'm so happy for him and you possibly, um, our friends uh, Coach Holt, Holtzy and Braveheart are going to be on. They are local coaches, football coaches here as well. They had successful deep runs in the playoffs. We're going to have them on. Um, maybe try for N.T. Wright again at some point. And what a ministry. I don't know if anybody – I'm sure you guys know, but oh, coaching yeah. coaching is such a ministry to young men and, and women. So uh, we're excited to talk about that some more too. It is, yep. So next week, just more on Laura, and then kind of a recap, and then the way ahead, and then we'll maybe be straightened out in season two, but we definitely got some better music going. Love it. Can you see the wise men again? Camel. On their camels? Yeah. This has been the Christology Podcast. 
Father God, we praise your name. Lord, we thank you to be able to do this, to seek you and find you. Your word is true. Knock, the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. Ask and you will receive the answer. That's exactly what's happening, Lord. Your word is true. You are God. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord God. We pray that we can continue to receive and reflect your glory so that your name will be known, renowned, and we will have life in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.